It is Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Scott Seidman. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Sean Payton back coaching in the NFL. D'Amico Ryan's back in Houston. Here comes the Vegas Troop. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Denver Broncos settle on Sean Payton. D'Amico Ryans becomes the next head coach of the Houston Texans. LeBron James has a day in MSG. What is the Vegas lead? We'll go with the NFL coaching carousel, AJ, and we'll start with the Denver Broncos reaching a deal with the Saints for head coach Sean Payton. This is odd because... There's there's a lot of different reporting out there on this and how this all went down. It seems that until recently, the Broncos were heavily interested in D'Amico Ryans. They were still apparently courting Jim Harbaugh uh, like as late as this week, uh, which is surprising to me. But when it all when it was all said and done, it seemed like the Broncos were willing to pay. It was just they would have been happier to pay big money and not had to give up more draft draft assets. And that's what happens here. They give up a first and a future second round pick. And a third round pick. Because this is this is all, you know, this is already a team that's short on draft capital because mm-hmm. of Russell Wilson, which was why I think there were some te- some coaches, some candidates were less interested in the Broncos job than normally would have been. Because there's no wiggle room. We talked about this yesterday morning with the Broncos situation. This this Broncos roster is going to look like this Broncos roster for a while. And that's not appealing to some people. And so guys who had options were willing to look elsewhere. And the Broncos, apparently to get someone as as good as Sean Payton, which I don't get me wrong, I think he's a great hire. Yeah. Had to give up some assets to get it done. Yeah, and there's been multiple instances of teams trading with other teams for head coaches, most notably the Patriots and the Jets making a trade for uh, Bill Parcells as well as Bill Belichick. Because when Belichick did you know, resign, there was actually compensation that was given to the Jets from the Patriots. And then in most recently, Herm Edwards, in 2006, the rights were traded from the Jets to the Chiefs for a draft pick. So well, it remember, has happened plenty of times. Before. Well, remember John Gruden got traded yes, the year yep. the, the year that he won the Super Bowl. Correct. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so. and that was for four draft picks. So it was a first, a second, another first, and a fourth. And also $8 million. So they really they really gave up draft commodity and money for them to lose the Super Bowl. So and what you said what you said was a little wrong. They they fit they gave up a they gave up a first and a second, uh 2023 first and a 2024 second. Mm-hmm. They get Peyton and the Saints 2024 third back. Okay. So at least they get something back in the draft. Yeah, I mean something. Uh and then obviously you imagine Sean Payton, he ain't coming out for nothing. I imagine he's gonna be one of the higher paid coaches in the NFL. Rightfully so. He's going one of the one of the better resumes in Does the NFL. Sean Payton make the Broncos better. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, how can he not? Does he make Russell Wilson better? <sighs> because the only way the Broncos are getting better is if Russell sure. Wilson gets better. Well, remember when you say does he make them better, it's like if nothing else changes in this offseason, and you say Sean Payton coaches this year, Nathaniel Hackett coached last year, 
they're going to be automatically. Better. It's better. What is what is RJ says that all the time, right? It's like if 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 you're getting rid of something that was bad and a if you're getting rid of a negative, it doesn't matter what you replace it with. It has to be better. But this is in, in this case. I mean, Sean Payton's a known commodity. This is of course better than a neutral. Tr- like this is going from a bad coach to, to a, a great coach. coach. Yeah. So I think absolutely, just it, it automatically get better. The question you asked about does does he fix Russell Wilson? I tend to think yes. I I, I, tend, I don't know that Russell Wilson ever returns to like top five quarterback in the league uh, type of of player. But if Russell Wilson's a top ten quarterback in the league, the Broncos can be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. This this last season he was nowhere near that. So uh, that's that's got to be the goal. Sean Payton historically strong. 55% ATS, 66% straight up for those of you who care about, or 62% straight up for those of you who care about, you know, just your team winning football games. <laughs> but if you're greedy and you want your team to cover, 55% in his career, which is pretty strong. My question, though, is the Broncos don't have Taysom Hill. So what's Sean Payton going to do when he wants to take his quarterback out? Well, <laughs> there's an obvious answer to that. As soon as the Broncos have a first-round pick again, they trade for Taysom Hill. That's obvious. <laughs> obvious. The only obvious answer there is tr- you got to get Taysom Hill, or you find like knowing Sean Payton, he'll look. He'll be on the lookout for the next Taysom Hill, some guy that he can he can put into that role. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a guy on the Broncos right now that can be their version of Taysom Hill. They're, right. Listen. Scott, don't uh, don't sell him short. There's only one Taysom Hill right now. One can come <laughs> along later, but right now, if the Broncos had Taysom Hill on their roster, we wouldn't be talking about them needing a new coach. They, <laughs> they'd be in the Super Bowl clearly. Uh, but this is listen. I think for, there's doubt because of the compensation that they have to give up. But this is about as good of as you could have hoped for yes. as far as a head coach. I said all along that if, if you're ranking like the. The home run that you can hit with a hire, Sean Payton was number one. Yes, I think Jim Harbaugh was number two. Mm-hmm. And if you if you look at Jim Harbaugh as a guy that you didn't have to give up assets for, I could see you maybe making Harbaugh number one. But you landed one of the best coaches available, if not the best coach available. Did you have to give up some assets for it? Sure, that's the price of business. You've got a great head coach now, which. Listen, there's a lot of teams in the league who hope they have half a Sean Payton. Yeah. And uh, you you at least know you're getting a sure thing. And as far as, like, the the money that they're going to pay him, this is, again, we're talking about Walmart money now. Mm-hmm. Like they, they'll Sean Payton will have Walmart gift cards for the rest of his life, whatever he needs. You need toothpaste, you got it. Whatever you need. You got your kids need a new bike, you got it. Whatever you need. Sean Payton, though, well-paid and uh, well-deserving, in my opinion. I, I I think this is a home run for the Broncos. Here's the Broncos' opponents next year. They'll play the NFC North and the AFC East. So at home. Not easy. At home, non-divisional games, Packers. And we don't know what the Packers are going to look like. Vikings, team that won double-digit games this, yeah. this year. Patriots, Jets, Browns, Commanders, road games, Texans, Dolphins, Bills, Lions, Bears. Okay. Well, Lions getting a lot better. Lions, hell, top 10 in uh, yeah. Super Bowl odds yeah. next year. What are we talking about? They're a, uh, they're a whole new franchise all of a sudden. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what their – McKenzie just put up his over their over-under last year was 10. What will it be this year? 
That's a good question. With Does Sean? it come well short of that? I can't imagine it comes well short of that. No, because what's the difference? I bet nine and a half. What's the difference between this year's roster and last year's roster? Russell Wilson's not good. Now we know. Well, that's, that's true. That could be the like thing, the assumption was Russell Wilson was like a top five guy, and, and that's why they had such high expectations. All anyone said in the offseason was if the Broncos get a quarterback, they're winning the freaking Super Bowl. So does because, this mean? But I think like the Broncos roster came back down to earth. You started to see that those receivers, there's some promise there, but none of them are like home runs. And yeah, I, I, and Russell Wilson clearly not a. a, a an elite, elite quarterback. So, so Russell Wilson, comeback player of the year next year? <laughs> Maybe. So let's say Wilson's three points worse than we thought, you know, looking at versus an average quarterback. Multiply that by 17, divide by 35, that's one and a half games worse. So that would be eight and a half, over under eight and a half for the Broncos. That seems to make sense to me. If that's, so, that's low. I feel like that would that'd be yeah. low too. I, I think, and you may maybe you're right. I'm saying maybe there will be a value because I would imagine this number comes out at nine or nine and a half. So just based on it, it was 10 last year, they clearly underperformed. They went out and got the best head coach they could have possibly gotten. Mm-hmm. And again, this is, I mean, you went from having one of the two or three worst coaches in the league to one of the two or three best. That doesn't happen. Like it just, it never happens. It's almost impossible for it to happen. It takes something like this, a trade to, to make it happen because otherwise you'd never have that opportunity. So I do think there's an up arrow on the Broncos, how high it goes. That, that'll be the question. But I, I kind of – what McKenzie just said there, that math adds up to me. So if it, if it is posted at 9.5, I may look to an under, especially given, let's face it. That schedule and the division. The, the AFC West is still very strong. Yeah. Uh, they, what, I know RJ would laugh at me right now, but I think the Chargers are only better next year. Uh, I think well, the, you got Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator now. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> li- listen, again, no matter how good Kellen Moore is, He's an upgrade. <laughs> like you could find a guy at Sunset Park, and he's an upgrade. Uh, but I, I do think the the Chiefs are going to be fantastic again. Obviously, you have the number one Super Bowl favorite and the number seven Super Bowl favorite in the Chiefs and the Chargers in that division. And where are the Raiders? How far down are they? Raiders. Well, we don't are, know who the quarterback of the Raiders. They're an average team. They're the sixteenth. We, we don't know who the quarterback. But think about that. If that's the worst team in your division, is an average team probably the best division? That's a good division. If the if the Broncos are what the, you know the market will say they can. Broncos, be. by the way, also forty. To one tied for sixteenth. So think about that. All four teams in in that division are in the top the top half above of the teams. Super Bowl. Odds. Everyone in Minnesota is above average. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> that's that's something. You know, it's a tough division to play in. The Texans finally got something right. It feels like they got their man. This was the guy they were I was targeting. Waiting to see how they were going to screw this thing up. I'll be honest. It wouldn't have shocked me at all if they did. Uh, instead, it feels like they went out of their way to make sure they didn't screw it up. I don't think anybody was thinking D'Amico Ryans was going to get a six-year deal, mm-hmm. but they say, you know what, let's go six. And I have never seen, like, obviously, I, a lot of my Twitter is Houston yep. uh, relevant. I have never seen Texans fans so excited over a hire. Like, it, it's like there's new life all of a sudden. It's like they felt like, I mean, this this if you've been following this franchise for the last seven, eight years, it's almost felt like a practical joke is being played on you. Like, how can they make it worse? What could they do to make it worse? And this is, like, almost everybody agrees, yeah, this is the right thing. Now, he doesn't have a lot of coaching experience. I tend to not care uh, because I do think more important than anything for the Texans was a culture shift, and they – 
what they tried with like bringing in guys like Lovey Lovey Smith and and David Cully, I don't think that was ever going to work because no one believed in them. Mm-hmm. Like there was no. Uh, there, there wasn't like a beacon of hope. Like that, that. What's the? Because really, what's the upside of Lovey Smith? It's, it's pretty minimal. Yeah, we've seen it. What's the upside of David Cully? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that there ever was an upside. The upside of D'Amico Ryan's feels like he could be the next coaching superstar. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the fan base already loves the guy. Yeah, he's coming from a winning organization which I think is massively important when you're looking for a new coach, especially a young coach. You want someone who's let's, used let, to winning. Let's talk about the feeder system that is Kyle Shanahan right now. Yeah. Robert Sala has been pretty good as the Jets head coach. They've exceeded expectations. No doubt. No doubt. Mike McDaniel in his first year in Miami – did a heck of a job until he lost his quarterback. Well, made the playoffs despite like a, a yeah. litany of terrible things yes. happening to yes. his team. And D'Amico Ryan's now, the expectations are high. During his time as the 49ers defensive coordinator, they ranked first in points per game, first in yards per game allowed, second in takeaways, second in rushing yards per game allowed. Now, here's the the other side of that, and this is kind of what I say this all the time. He had a lot better players in San Francisco than he'll Clearly. have in Houston, but he's got a blank slate. He can he can build this thing the way he wants. Uh, and again, when you've got the support of the fan base, which I'll be honest, it's been a long time since the Texans fan base was really like backing this thing. It, it's felt that, like whatever Bill O'Brien was as a head coach, and RJ and I have kind of gotten into this about uh, Bill O'Brien, the head coach. And his his tenure was uh, above average as a head coach, but he, because he was also the GM, he was a, his 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 overall tenure was a disaster, and he also rubbed fans the wrong way. Like the fans just did not like him, and the the Texans the prime of the Texans was the Gary Kubiak era, and Gary Kubiak was a likable guy. A guy that uh, that players seemed to like. Fans got frustrated with him late in his tenure because they they felt like they were supposed to take the next step and couldn't. But it was hard to like hate Gary Kubiak. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien is a very hateable character. He's almost like a villain. <laughs> like a, you, if you drew up a villain, it could be Bill O'Brien. And then you replaced him with guys that, like I said, no one ever really believed in. Whether it was Romeo Crennel finishing out the season or David Culley or Lovey Smith. So getting a guy like D'Amico Ryans that the fan base already knows, already loves, and already believes in is the, the the best thing that they could have done. Now, can he be a head coach? No one knows. Like it, it's it's hard to tell. Do can he be? Will he be better than Lovey Smith? Almost assuredly. It's almost like the. Uh, can he be better than Nathaniel Hackett? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could could McKenzie be a better NFL head coach than Nathaniel Hackett? It's, I've played Madden. I mean, it's worth it's worth checking out, right? Like I don't know. Let me I, see. Sixty-seven <laughs> yard field goal or a fourth and three? Uh, I'm gonna go for fourth and three this time. See, I like McKenzie better already. <laughs> I already like him better. So, no, I I think that no offense to Lovey Smith, who I think's a, a well respected guy in football. I think he's a good coordinator to have around. I don't think he's a good head coach. And all due respect to David Cully, who by all accounts was a really, really nice dude, just in over his head as a head coach. I doesn't feel that way about this with D'Amico Ryan. So I, for one, am, am, am thrilled for the Texans who have had, like, 
the the football's been pulled out from them by Lucy a hundred times, <laughs> and it feels like they're finally letting Charlie Brown kick the football here. We'll see if it works out, but I, I think pre pre flop. The Texans are in really good shape with this hire. They are also in good shape because they have the seventh most cap space going into this offseason. Almost the, no dead cap. And if D'Amico Ryans wants to build his own championship caliber defense, there are plenty of names out there that he can sign. And Line Tremaine Edmonds, free agent, go out and bring him in. Build the linebacking course around him. You can go out and get... I don't know if they'd ever bring him back. Jadevian Clowney's a free agent. He's an edge rusher. It's worth go talking out and bring, about. Go out and bring back, bring Clowney back home, right? Reunite him with his former teammate and D'Amico Ryans. Uh, you know, go out and get a safety. You know, uh, CJ uh, Gardner-Johnson is, is going to be a free agent. A lot of players out there that Nick Casario can go out and spend, well, spend, spend right away. Emmanuel Mosley who he coached in San Francisco is a free agent coming off that's an ACL. Like, yep. I mean, maybe I, I, that's the other thing. When Levante you, David, the Bucks linebacker is a free agent. When you have a guy like, like D'Amico, I think that especially he guy, attracts players. Yeah, yeah. And especially because some of these guys in the league played football with D'Amico Ryan's yes. like, it, it's not, it's not like he played in the league 30 years mm-hmm. ago. This is a guy who like, was like a contemporary to some of these guys. Ah, if only J.J. had one more season in him. Oh, I know it. I know it. Maybe, Jason, maybe J.J. decides to come back and be a D.C. or a, a <laughs> defensive line coach or something like that. Who knows? But I, I, sell tickets. I do think that there's a, a, a quick way to build this roster, particularly given how much draft capital they have. Obviously, everything hinges on what they do at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a quarterback, you're, you're spinning your wheels in today's NFL, unless you're the 49ers somehow. Uh, but if, if they hit on that, there's so much room to grow everywhere else. And I think when you look at a team, it, and I'm just going to say hypothetically, let's say they find a way to get Bryce Young. If you're a free agent and you see, okay, we got this kid, Bryce Young, everyone's excited about him. We've got this head coach, D'Amico Ryans, everyone's excited about like A couple it, of good defensive free agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like a place that players yeah. would want to go play. Yeah. Uh, opponents for the Texans. Tax-friendly state. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, good barbecue. Uh, opponents for the Texans. At- Decent barbecue. <laughs> oh, the best barbecue. What are you saying? At home this year, Cardinals, Saints, Bucks, Broncos, Browns, Steelers. This is non-division opponents. Obviously, we know the division opponents. And then on the road, Falcons, Panthers, Ravens, Bengals, Jets. Manageable. And then obviously the division, Colts, Jags, Titans. Yeah. You know that. Be- beautiful to get a last place schedule. Like it's, you, yeah. Most, most uh, first year head coaches have a last place schedule. That's, that's yeah. kind of the beauty of it. <laughs> All right. That leaves, that, that means three jobs have been filled. Congratulations. Carolina's filled, Houston's filled, and, uh, and now Denver is filled. So two jobs open Arizona and Indianapolis. Here are the current candidates for those jobs. Arizona has interviewed Ajiro Averro, the uh, D.C. for Denver. Nice pronunciation. Who passed on the Denver job when they offered it to him to be like the interim, like to finish out the season. He was like, ah, I'm good. I'll pass. Uh, Brian Flores has been interviewed and uh, I've heard is a, a potential finalist. Aaron Glenn, the D.C. for the Lions interviewed. Vance Joseph, the D.C., their own D.C. interviewed. I I don't think that's a great idea. Uh, I Like... I talk about changing the culture. Hiring someone from inside your losing organization <laughs> seems like not the move, but we'll see. Uh, Mike Kafka, the the Giants OC, uh, interviewed yesterday mm-hmm. on the 31st. Lou Anarumo, the Bengals DC, interviews today 
with Arizona. And Brian Callahan, the OC for the Bengals, scheduled to interview tomorrow. I think Anarumo's a much better look. Callahan, I'm not convinced that Brian Callahan is some sort of offensive mastermind. I think Brian Callahan has Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and a bunch of weapons. Like, when you watch the Bengals, it doesn't look like some sort of poetry in motion. It looks like Joe Burrow, like, saying... Hey, can you stop talking into my ear? I got, I'll, I'll handle this. I got it, Brian. Uh, so I'm not convinced that that Brian Callahan is some brilliant coach. But I've made it. I've said publicly I love Brian Flores as a head coach. I don't. I thought he got a raw deal in Miami. I'd love to see him get a second opportunity. Um, Kafka's interesting. Like, it, it, do you remember my predictions? My prediction. I remind said, us. I said Mike Kafka gets a head coaching job. And then Greg Roman leaves the Ravens, takes the offensive coordinator job with the Giants, reunites with Wink Martindale, who's the Giants' defensive coordinator, and him and Brian Dable run a similar type of offense to what they had, you know, with Lamar, and they, but they let, have it with Daniel Jones. Or they let Daniel Jones go and throw and a bunch then, of money at Lamar. And throw a bunch of money at Lamar. They could do Maybe that. Maybe not a bad idea. But I think Greg Roman with Daniel Jones would be a heck of a combination. So... I'll put you on the spot. Best hire for Arizona out of those names I listed. Who would you hire? Uh, I think they need an offensive-minded head coach, so I would go Kafka. Mac? I would go Lou Anaruma. I don't think anyone's been more impressive from an X's and O's standpoint. And uh, you look, why have the Bengals succeeded? They've changed in the second half. That's like only coaching. So the but Peyton Manning says all you do is get a snack in the say. Uh, well, halftime. that's all. Peyton Manning's not every football player. Like when you're the best player in the world, yeah, you can eat a banana and go back out and keep kicking ass. <laughs> and I get what he means because you're only responding to what the offense does, so you can't like draw it up in the dirt with X's and O's. But you can tell your players, hey, look out for this, look out for that, and they've been excellent in every playoff game in the second. I half. think Adarumo would be good in Indianapolis. I'm going to say I this. I think both of you. I think you. One of you two is going to be right. I'm going to say Brian Flores would be the best hire. I, I don't think they'll hire him because of what you said. You think they need to go offense. Um, and and Anarumo feels like the hotter name right now. So if they do go defense, I imagine they would go him. But I, I tend to – I like Brian Flores a lot. I think he'd be the, the best guy for that job. The Colts are the other remaining job. And they've had some interesting interviews. Uh, Eric Bieniemy who interviewed back uh, like three weeks ago, like during the, the Chiefs bye week, he interviewed. Um, Rich Basaccia has a second interview scheduled. Hmm. The special teams coordinator for the Packers, who obviously was the interim coach at the end of uh, Gruden's tenure in But he didn't do Vegas. a good job in Green Bay with their special teams. They were like the 30th in the league. This I'm time. saying he did a good job as a Raiders interim head coach. It's, and it's not the same job as Mike Vrabel. He did a lot better as a head coach yep. than he did as a coordinator. I was going to say, Mike Vrabel, one year as a D.C., 32nd ranked defense in the in the uh, NFL and got a head coach. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty damn good. Uh, Brian Callahan again. He's got a second interview uh, scheduled. Uh, Avero, the Broncos DC, has conducted a second interview already. Aaron Glenn, the Lions DC, has been interviewed for this job. You think if Brian Callahan gets a job, that Dad Gum comes and works with him? <laughs> Like, Bill Callahan is one of the greatest yeah. offensive line coaches in football, it's, right? Don't you think that if there was an opportunity, like, okay, his son's a, a, a coordinator. You, but if your son becomes a head coach, don't you think maybe you would leave your current position? He's coaching with the Browns right now. Don't you think you leave the Browns and you go coach with I your son? I think you'd consider it, And certainly. you could be 
offensive line coach and assistant head coach and help your first-time head coach, son. And that's an important thing. When you've got a coach who's a first-time head coach, you want somebody who's got some head coach experience. Callahan has that. That'd be an interesting— If, I, uh, if, the, if, if Bill Callahan comes with Ryan Callahan, then, then Callahan Auto is the way we have to go. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I don't believe interviewed, uh, like, you know— Technically interviewed. I don't know if he officially interviewed. I feel like he could have the job if he wanted. I think he could have that job if he wanted. Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, interviewed, but he's already said he plans on staying with the Lions. Yeah. They also interviewed Mike Kafka. They also interviewed Wink Martindale and have a second interview planned with him. Mm. Uh, they have interviewed Raheem Morris, the DC of the Rams, and they've interviewed him twice, in fact. They have a second interview scheduled with Shane Steichen, the OC of the Eagles. Obviously, he's a little bit busy right now. And their Not own week, their own special teams uh, coordinator, Bubba Ventrone, he he interviewed and is apparently, they say he's in the finalist mix. Oh, and Jeff Saturday. The other guys who interviewed, Dan Quinn has announced he's going to stay with the Cowboys. D'Amico Ryans, obviously, uh, is going to take the Texans job. So I'll ask you guys now of the of the names I just mentioned, and let's pull Jim Harbaugh off the table for for the purposes of this exercise. Who do you hire if you are the Colts? It's going to be one of the Bengals coordinators. It's either going to be Anarumo or Callahan. I'll repeat Anarumo because I do think he's maybe the best candidate out there. But other than him, Raheem Morris, you know, he was a head coach at like thirty five, and he didn't really make it in three years in Tampa Bay. But his defense has been excellent. Every stop he's had as a coordinator, he won as an interim in Atlanta. I would look at Raheem Morris to get a second shot at the at the can. I won't be surprised if Shane Steichen gets a job here, like because he's been sort of the hottest name, uh, you know, in in the uh, the first year head coach circles. Him and D'Amico, D'Amico, uh, the, the defensive name. Mm-hmm. Steichen's been the offensive name. Um, I think people are going to look at what the Eagles were able to do with their offense without a high-priced quarterback. And they're going to say, that's interesting to me, especially if you're a team like the Colts, who has struck out at quarterback repeatedly. Yeah, if you're going to have a C.J. Stroud as your quarterback. That's what I'm saying. It seems like a nice fit. Seemed, or an Anthony Richardson, whoever it or is. Or an Anthony Richardson, yeah. There's guys who seem like they Will could be. Will Levis? A, it's, well, I mean, there's people who. I cannot wait for the combine when everyone is gushing over Will Levis because he's got all the Wait tools. until Will Levis gets down on one knee and throws the ball 65 <laughs> yards. Kyle Bowler. So we're pretty sure they're going to go young at quarterback and not another Derek Carr, not I, another veteran. I think what they what uh, Chris Ballard said, and I think once you say this, especially after what you've been doing, you kind of have to stick with it. Yeah. We have to find our franchise quarterback. And we discovered this in 2023. Okay. Right. But I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> I, I will give them some grace on this because Andrew Luck really did put him in a shit spot. No doubt. Like they, they felt like they were set for years to come at quarterback. He bails and it's like, oh boy. Yeah. They got what a do we do team. here? They got to win now. And it's yeah. been Philip Rivers, who God bless him, he gave it his best shot and was by far the best of the guys that they they yeah. brought in. He's in the playoffs. Covered in the playoffs. Yeah. Carson Wentz was an absolute disaster. Matt Ryan was an absolute disaster. Like, you've yeah. got to go find it. Because there's a lot to like about this roster. But, again, if you're bad at quarterback, you're, you're not good. And you're out of a job if you're a head coach. Uh, I think whoever they bring in is going to be a, the type of coach they can marry to a quarterback and say, hey, you you help help us pick the groceries, you go out and win with this guy. Much like I expect Frank Reich to be doing in Carolina. Like That's why I said th- this is why 
Carolina chose and they, they draft a quarterback in Carolina too. I think absolutely. And Carolina, remember their interview process? It was like there were eight guys they interviewed. Six of them were offensive guys. Two of them were defensive guys, and one of them was a defensive guy that was the interim head coach. They clearly wanted to go offense, and I think it it one hundred percent means they're going out and finding a quarterback, and they're saying Frank Reich, you're a quarterback guy. We're, here's here's who we're looking at. What do you think? Help us find the guy that you think can be that guy. And I think that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I, I think Shane Steichen is who the Colts are most likely to look at here. The NFL Pro Bowl continues to be a joke. And you know what, AJ? I thought that when they announced that there was not going to be a Pro Bowl game, but instead Pro Bowl games, you know, like uh, what? Pin like cornhole. And, <laughs> and stuff like that. No, they're playing cornhole. Water balloon yeah, toss. Yeah, they, egg, egg toss. It, no, they're doing the thing where you the put egg the egg on the spoon. spoon. Yeah. yeah. NFL field day. Yeah. That's what they're having, okay? The NFL's having field day. The sack race. But it's going to culminate with a seven-on-seven flag football game. So I guess they do need players to play in this flag football game. But not just well, any players. Not just I mean, any the players. best of the best. Absolutely. So instead of uh, Mahomes, can't play because he's in the Super Bowl. Oh, he's busy. <laughs> he's busy. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, they're backups. But they're hurting. Dealing with some stuff. Tua, Justin Herbert. And Lamar Jackson. Tua honestly may want to look into this. Like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Tua's playing like, contact like football, football for could, much longer. It could be his future. So you have all these guys that are out for this exhibition event. So you need somebody to play some flag football. So why not bring in Snoop Huntley? <laughs> not many people are aware that that's his nickname. And people call that. him Snoop. But Tyler Huntley makes the Pro Bowl after throwing for two touchdowns <laughs> this season. He didn't well, even start for his own team. Now he's starting for an all-star team. Let's hey, seven on seven flag football. <laughs> we need we needed this guy. I think we can agree though. Tyler Huntley's not a bad guy to have on your team if you're playing flag football. That's why the, I, so, like, yes. this is my beef. This is my beef. Tyler Huntley will forever now go down in history as having recorded a Pro Bowl season in 2022-2023, which is such a joke. Yeah, the Ravens were stacked. They had yeah. Tyler Huntley coming off the bench. Yeah, do not call this guy a pro bowler, but instead just say he just make him play in the game. It's like having a guy play in the, in the dunk contest that's not in the all-star game. You're not an all-star, but you're in the dunk contest. So he's not a pro bowler, but he's playing in the flag football game. Why can't we say that? Why do we have to name him to the pro bowl? So he becomes the quarterback to throw the fewest amount of touchdowns <laughs> to make the pro bowl since the 1970 merger. Why do I have to now Wikipedia Snoop Huntley and have it say pro bowl 2022 <laughs> next to his name? I, it's, Madness. it's unfortunate. But that's and no disrespect to, to Tyler Huntley. Well, like, it sounds a he's an above average backup quarterback. <laughs> a little disrespectful. A little disrespectful. I mean, but Gardner I mean, Minshew threw more touchdown passes, right? But what this is, I mean, listen, like you mentioned, the three starters, the three alternates, all, <laughs> none of them are available. So plug a guy from the NFC and make him play. Who cares? They're choosing up teams and Payne and Eli. Right? I mean, think about it. Have Peyton or Eli play in the game. Think about this. Also added to the Pro Bowl roster and it, it, yesterday, but and it goes a little bit un, under the radar because Tyler Huntley was named to it. Derek Carr. No, you know what? Representing the Listen, Raiders. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jarrett Stidham should have been named to the Pro Bowl. Like, exactly. Okay. So that's that's the is quarterbacks. He put, like tape on his helmet. That is the quarterbacks for the AFC. Trevor Lawrence. I get, Derek Carr. Here's the thing, though. Tyler Huntley. Here's the thing. 
I get Derek Carr. Again, I don't stop calling these guys Pro Bowlers. Just say that they're participating in the events. Derek Carr, it's like a sentimental thing. The Pro Bowl games are here in Las Vegas. It's like his farewell to the crowd. Let him, you know, go out there and have fun and 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 wave to the crowd and shake hands and kiss. Yeah, I get that. Did you, did you see Derek Carr's tweet? No. Derek Carr tweeted, "Well, maybe this invitation got lost in the mail from past seasons, <laughs> but I'm going back to Pro Bowl number four. See you soon, Vegas." There it is. So he's that. That's what I say. It's nice for Derek Carr to be in the event in Vegas, but I'll be honest. Trevor Lawrence, I don't feel I, I'm not, not going to make any fun of it. It feel especially given the guys who are unavailable. Trevor Lawrence feels like, yeah, he had a good season. Like especially relative to what he did last year. Not it could it could have been worse, right? Do you want to go on Sunday to the to the Pro Bowl? Yeah. No. No. What you are you crazy? You Is it at Allegiant? T- Tyler Huntley. Wants, Tyler Huntley wants to go. So I'll meet up with him after. Here's <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys though. Like, is this a slight to guys like Jacoby Brissett, who had a pretty good year? Yes. yes. Uh, like, that feels like, man. It, Anyone who started more than three games and was halfway decent anybody is a slight. That, anybody that threw more than two touchdown passes. <laughs> I really, I mean, I'll get it. <laughs> it is. It's very strange. Uh, everybody else turned him down and they just didn't want to make it public. I have no idea. What it, was Mike White unavailable? <laughs> yeah. It's a similar selection. It Mike really White would be, right? Tyler Huntley. Wow. That's what you know what this really says? Mac Jones stunk this year. <laughs> right? Like that's that's all <laughs> you made the Pro Bowl last year. He that's all it boils down to. It's like, man, listen, you're you know, you were the tenth option. We could only take we could only pick down to nine. You were number ten. You were almost there. You just missed it. Like, so let's talk about the uh, events that will be featured here in Las Vegas at the Pro Bowl games. Starting on Thursday, we have Thursday. The events start on Thursday. Epic Pro Dodgeball. A epic multi- Pro Dodgeball. Epic Pro Dodgeball. A multi-round tournament of classic dodgeball <laughs> featuring four teams of five players that begins with the offenses and defenses from both conferences squaring off and culminates in an AFC versus NFC showdown. Gladiators ready! Contenders ready! That's what this sounds like, right? Yeah. I sound like I'm reading the description for, or or, or this is like uh, Global Guts with the aggro crag. Man, that's cool. You know you can buy a piece of the aggro crag online? I didn't that, That's know that. awesome. Uh, the lightning round, new this year. Each conference will select Isn't 16 all of this players new this year? to compete in a three-part elimination challenge that will leave one player left at the end to earn three points for his conference. In the first event, Lightning round, splash catch. Teammate pairings from each conference will toss water balloons back <laughs> and forth from increasing distances. We couldn't make it absurd enough not to be true. Each tandem, listen, this is what happens when guys don't want to tackle. <laughs> My goodness. Tackle this water balloon. Each Actually, don't catch it very completes, softly. Completes their tosses in advance to the second stage, whatever. In part two, High stakes. Advancing players will attempt to catch punts from a jugs machine. We can't even use Pro Bowl punters. Right. No. We got to use jugs machines <laughs> to earn place representing their conference in the final round, which will be the thrill of the spill. The remaining players from each conference will aim at targets attached to a bucket hanging above the head of an opposing conference coach. The first team to dump the buckets on the opposing coach. Wins and earns the points. This is the most <sighs> absurd thing I've ever right. heard. There, there, in, in, there, let me there, go back to when you. Oh, wait. Ask me again if more. I want to go on Sunday. <laughs> Do you want to go on Sunday? Hell no. 
Longest drive. People are going to pay money to go watch this. Wait, this is great. Four players from each conference will compete in a challenge to drive a golf ball the furthest distance from a tee. Because that has a lot to do with the <laughs> NFL. Uh, then there's <laughs> Isn't there some football mini games? Here like, we I go. remember mini games. Precision passing. Presented by EA go. Sports. Come on. Madden NFL this 23 Mobile. This is classic. Quarterbacks throwing at targets. We like that. The old Randall Cunningham the quarterback, quarterback challenge. challenge. I like that. Then there's this. The NFL version of the slam dunk contest. Known as... Best catch. Two players from each conference will compete in a best catch competition, showing off their creativity, inventiveness, and talent. So you got to, you know, go ahead and and do the catch, kind of like a dunk contest. We like that. Gridiron gauntlet, a side-by-side relay race. Again, NFL field day. How about this one? I actually love this one. This one, I'm, I'm on board for this one. Kick, tack, toe. I see what you did there. I, that, he didn't. I didn't do, do it. it. The NFL. <laughs> Thank did. God he they didn't. They paid do it. marketing people <laughs> to do this. Each team's kicker, punter, and long snapper will compete in a giant tic tac toe competition to show their skills. I like that. Move the chains. Wait a minute. What skills? Tic tac toe. There's no skill. It's always a you draw if you have it. any. No, but you got to kick it to the corresponding square that you uh, want to put the. X or O in. All right, I see. You get it? Still very little skill. Yes. In my Move the chains. Four teams, two teams from each conference, will compete side-by-side side in a weighted wall pull that will showcase their strength, speed, and ingenuity. Okay? And then we will have, obviously, the seven-on-seven seven flag football game. Yeah, that's the, the, the main event. The main event, which will be uh, the final event, is the flag football game. First how long ever the game flag is? football game. Gotta be no. what, like half an hour. But can you bet on the game? Sun, Sunday evening's flag that's football That's a good game. question. I think it should be something you can bet on. All this stuff should be, but we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, I would assume the only thing that you can bet on really would probably be the 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 flag football game. What about the long drive contest? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, look. I, I, I bet there's, like, think about guy. I bet, like, uh, Nick Bosa can drive a golf ball like half a mile. Like I just like guys like that that are just like, for lack of a better term, just big goofy, yeah, like monsters. Yeah, like I bet those guys can beat the shit out of. Although, watch Josh Allen play in like the the match or whatever. Oh, I bet Josh Allen. Yeah, he was pretty good at it. But again, he's hey, he's hurt, had to be replaced by by Snoop Huntley. They let Tyler Huntley take his tee shot for him. (laughs) There there you go. Uh, So that's the Pro Bowl. I'm much more looking forward to the NHL All Star Game and skills competition that will. I'm much more looking forward to the Super Bowl. You know, where they play football. I'm into that. Why can't we just do everything they do in the NFL Combine except with NFL Pro Bowlers? Public Wonderlick. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. Count me in. No, but seriously, like, let's watch the the quarterbacks throw. I'd like to see a 40 yard -yard, race. Let's watch the 40 yard dash. Let's watch literally. The, the they how come they did it right with the NFL quarterback challenge back in the 90s? Right. Why can't we just do that again? Why can't we just do that again? Why can't we bring back the. uh, I guess ABC did try and bring it back, um, uh, you know, recently. What was that show the with, in the seventies with the celebrities uh, competing against each other at the at at, um, at Pepperdine? Oh, I don't they know. did the athletic competitions. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds familiar. It sounds like something I'd watch on ESPN Classic: Battle of the Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah, Battle of the yeah. Network Stars. So why can't we do that, but with the NFL players? Because you're not in charge of marketing. 
You're right. You're Set right. Game up. What can we sell to Nickelodeon that will have all the slime coming down and SpongeBob and <laughs> we'll get a lot of people? Yeah, now you're talking in their voice. I now, like it. I now, like it. Now I'm thinking like the <laughs> NFL. Oh, and by the way, you get in trouble in the legal system. We don't care. <laughs> you ever have FOMO on a bet, guys? Sure. All like the something time. that we like you. We should have known, and we just didn't think about it at the time. Normally, I track like I, I, I and I, I say normally. I always track the games like my last cut games. Yeah. And uh, normally, I've been like, "Oof, good thing I didn't play that one." Good. Th- yeah, but I'm this even, year I've been like, "What's wrong you, with you?" Yeah, Why I'm not even <laughs> talking about that though. I'm not talking about games that like you handicap and you're like, you know what? I don't really like it. It's not going to be a play for me. And then it turns out like it would have been a winner because I have those every night. I'm talking about a bet last night. That was so obvious that we could have made either 13 to 1 or 14 to 1 on our bet, depending on what book we looked at. All right, I'm going to go ahead and stop you there. There is no such thing as a bet that's 14 to 1 that's obvious, but you think there is. So let me- I think it is. LeBron James to score a triple-double last night was 13 to 1 or 14 to 1, depending on the book. It was LeBron's first game back at Madison Square Garden in three years, and it might be his last game at Madison Square Garden. He has always talked about what that arena means in the lore of basketball history and what it means to him because of the players that came before him that played so well there. I, If we would have thought about this for five seconds yesterday, I would have said we bet every LeBron James prop. And we look for yeah. exotic props to think of, hey, maybe there's a, a triple-double prop that we can throw out there. He, he had his first triple-double of the season last night at Madison Square Garden. And kudos to, uh, who is it, D- uh, Dr. Bick whatever that tweeted at us? Oh, no, uh, Cowboy whatever. I- I'm sorry, I don't get your, your Twitter name right. One of our listeners, AJ, tweeted at us, said, take LeBron over assists. The reason being is that he needed eight to pass Mark Jackson, nine to pass Steve Nash, plus playing at Madison Square Garden. The game is meaningful to him. Cowboy Woods. By okay, the way. well, Cowboy Woods cashed that bet because LeBron had obviously double digit assists, but triple double was 13 to 1, 14 to 1. Little salt base sprinkle on that, babe. We could have cashed. This was obvious. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned he hasn't played in Madison Square Garden in three years. The last time he did play the New York Knicks was in LA. Last February, triple double. Two for two and triple doubles versus the Knicks last two years. I'm just saying. Why don't we bet it, man? I'm just saying, you knew that this game was going to be special for him because it it, it might be the last time he plays in this arena. Why didn't you tell us all this stuff yesterday morning when we were doing the show? Because I didn't think of it. <laughs> like, what were you thinking about when we were doing the show? Stuff other than the show? Hockey. <sighs> That didn't work out for me either. There's, we'll not, like, there's like five games happening. It's the all-star break. I know. And you know what's sad is You've that— You've got to think about random triple-double bets. Yeah, you know what's sad is that um, I've been to, like, those games at the Garden when LeBron's plays. It's like it brings out the best in everybody. All the celebrities what show flex. up— Last night, look, it, last night. You hang out with him after the game, shake his hand, everything? You try. Last, you're in New York. Last night, what, Michael B. Jordan was there? Creed. Creed was there. Yeah. You know, you get all the celebrities, Chris Rock, everyone's in the building for LeBron James. Just like everyone was in the building for Kobe, just like everyone was in the building for Jordan. It becomes an electric atmosphere. Doesn't matter if it's 
January or if it's May in the playoffs. <laughs> Knicks playoffs, that's funny. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. It's just a special atmosphere when you have these players play at Madison Square Garden. We should have known LeBron James was going to do something special last night. And congratulations to anybody that cashed in. The Rising Stars squad has been announced, which is the uh, the young and up-and-comers in the NBA. And it was I mean, the, headlining the rising stars is Paolo Bancaro, who uh, has been phenomenal this season, on pace to be the first rookie to average 20 points a game since Luka, uh, also fourth amongst rookies in rebounds per game, and just having a fantastic season. Also picked for the game, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, A.J. Griffin, Walker Kessler, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nimhard, Keegan Murray, Jabari Smith Jr., Jeremy Sohan, and Jalen Williams, at least for the rookie squad. I'm not going to go through bon all Bon Carroll, by the way, minus 900 to be rookie of the year. I mean, it's our – you might as well – books should already pay it out. Like, I guess what the question – What if he gets hurt right now? That's the question the is, like, year. what Does are – still win the award? I think he'd probably still win it. All right, so then is Who's this, been the second best rookie this year, Mac? Probably Benedict Matherin. Yeah. He's been good. So is this, is this now the Fezzik – Give the book your money to hold on to for a couple of months because you're going to get the bet. You're going to get your cash back. I, here's what I think. I think you can look at this the same way as you look at player of the year in college basketball uh, with uh, Zach Eady. Whatever you're willing to lay, you what you're betting is that he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and every game that he plays, you get closer to cashing because if, if Zach Eady gets hurt with Seven games left in the season. Mm-hmm. He probably still wins it. Seven, four, three hundred. Is this a guy should we look out for in the NBA? Zach I, I don't know. Like it's what's crazy is last year because they had Travion Williams and they were like Travion Williams was a senior and Zach Eady was a freshman. They were just like, no, nah, you're gonna play about ten minutes a game, and then Travion Williams goes away, and now Zach Eady's like just dominating. Yeah, twenty two points a game. He's just two percent from the floor. He's an unstoppable force. The the question is, will he get hurt? If not, he's the player of the year in college basketball. If Boncaro gets hurt, like at what point? Right. With, with fifteen games left, probably still wins it. You need him to play like four more weeks. I think. I think you're probably right. Somewhere along the line. So is minus nine hundred? Is that a good number that says Boncaro doesn't? Not just doesn't get hurt. It would have to be like a season-ending injury because if he plays four more, like if he gets hurt and he's out for two weeks and then comes back, I think he still wins it. It's still, you have to be 90% sure, more than that. So I, I think it's probably a pass. Fez would say all the time there's so much vig in these in these yeah. lines. What you should do is listen to this show and listen to our other Straight Out of Vegas show, and you should have bet it plus 350 right after the draft, like I recommended. Is is Edie, that would have been is Edie going to be drafting next year or no? No, not old enough. He's not old enough. Wow. Not old enough? This guy's like 40 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess he is. Yeah, he's, yeah, this is his second year. So, yeah. But he's, not, but he's, he's not, not declared, with not declared for the line. draft yet. Well, he's, he's still playing. He's still in his Yeah, no. Because, like, the, the odds to be the number one overall pick, it's Victor Wambignana is is minus 4,000 to be the number one overall pick. But is there a team out there that would say, hey, Edie could be our I, guy? No, I, one? I'll be honest. I don't think Zach Edie's like, I don't think he's yeah. an NBA guy. Like, I, I think he's. He looks um, like Yao Ming. He looks like a muscular Yao Ming. I think that he's like a. Um, Adam Morrison. No, not not even that. Like it's, I, I think he's he's like he could play some defense. It's nice. He's first of all, he's a traditional big man, which is like a dinosaur in the NBA. Taco Fall. 
Bull Bull. Yeah, Taco Fall is a guy that has highlights that plays like 12 minutes a game. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's him. That's but, not a bad life. You but know? like, if you're, if you're a sinner in today's game and you don't space the floor and you're not like a, a rim runner, which Zach Eady doesn't do either of those things. Like you, I mean, you speak to this better than I can, McKenzie. Like if I told you there's like a big plodding sinner, no one's drafting that guy high, right? No one's drafting that guy high. He's a guy that can be like the seventh man in your rotation. You put him in spots when you need a certain kind of defense in a certain kind of situation, maybe going against Embiid, but no, probably not a starter if, if you're not doing one of those things, diving, playing elite defense, or shooting. Which means as great of a college player is, he's probably a second-round pick. And, you know, people, it's been, like the best player in college basketball, like if you said – in the last four years, who's been the most consistently great player in college basketball is Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. I got news for you. Drew Timmy is is not going – I mean, he will he get drafted? Probably. Will he be like a starter his first year in the NBA? Almost certainly not. Will he ever be a starter in the NBA? I, I'd lean to no. So, it, like, the college game is just different. You can be a you can be a, a monster like this in college, but that's this game is just such a different game. And uh, I, it it feels like Zach Eady's like a, a bench filler in the NBA. All right, let's look at the games for Wednesday's slate. And McKenzie, stop me if anything jumps out at you. I may throw some random curveballs at you as well. The Trailblazers are plus five and a half at Memphis. How's Memphis playing lately? Is it like is this a team that's a buy anymore, or they've Kind of fall into neutral. They have the second best stats in the league, only behind the Celtics, but they're like one in five or two in five since getting a shouting match with a certain uh, undisputed co host. Oh, no. So take that for what it's worth. I mean, from the Shannon Sharp curse 77% winning to 20% winning, it might not just be a coincidence. Maybe their heads ain't all right. Oh, the Wizards, five and a half point favorites at the Pistons. Uh, I don't know if the Wizards have the hottest any, but- team in the league, the Washington Wizards, six and oh, 11 points better. The last 12 days that they've been on the season. Well, I'm sure the Pistons assistant coach will taunt Washington's players, <laughs> and those players will promptly drop 53 on them. Uh, speaking of Boncaro, the Magic plus eight and a half at the 76ers. The Brooklyn Nets plus eight at the Celtics. Boy, it feels like two or three weeks ago we would have been chomping at the bit for this matchup, and now we're looking at an eight-point spread. Still like the Nets. Kyrie, they're, they're, they're really good with just Kyrie. Well, they're playing a team that's really, really good. Yeah, you know, in this in the Celtics, the uh, the Kings, boy, how times have changed. The Sacramento Kings are seven and a half point road favorites. Yeah, at San and it's at San Antonio, and I think it's light, two hundred forty five points. I don't really see this game being that close. That's the expected total. The Spurs, you talk about how bad the Rockets have been recently. The Spurs have been like four points worse than any other team since the beginning of the year. Uh, Spurs are properly tanking. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like bravo, Popovich, because, I mean, no one's talking about it. No one's saying, oh, the Spurs, what are they doing? They're the laughing stock, but they're way, way worse than the Rockets, anybody else. Uh, another team I didn't expect to be laying points on the road this season, the Oklahoma City Thunder, five-and-a-half-point favorites at the aforementioned Houston Rockets. The Warriors laying some road points as well. They are minus two-and-a-half at Minnesota. Uh, what's the what's the roster looking like for the Warriors right now? Is this like the, are they full health? Is this is this team rock and roll? I was just looking at my power ratings half an hour ago, and I'm like, how are they two points worse from the start of the season? Everybody's there. My injury offset is zero. It's just it hasn't clicked, and I think there's some turmoil with the young guys not getting a lot of playing time. I I would not be surprised if they make a move, get rid of Kaminga, 
get rid of uh, J- Wiseman and bring in somebody like Siakam that can really help them right now. The Raptors are plus three at Utah and the Atlanta Hawks catching one and a half at Phoenix. What's happening on the ice? Well, remember what I said last night about, you know, unders heading into the all-star break? Forget yeah. about it. <laughs> Forget you about do. it. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget everything I said. I wasn't going to say anything. but Forget everything I said. All three games last night went over. All of them. Three games, they all went over. Uh, Kings with a 5-4 win in overtime. Uh, excuse me, the Hurricanes with a 5-4 win in overtime over the Kings. This was a game I actually gave out a play on the under. one nothing after the first period with less than 20 total shots. I felt great. I'm like, this game's heading towards an under. How many shots per goal, typically? Uh, I don't really know. I can't, I can't calculate that. I'm going to edit that out because you made me sound stupid. <laughs> but that part sounded good. <laughs> but that start sounded funny. So I'm going to leave it in. Okay. So <laughs> here's what I do know. It was 2-1 with five minutes left in the second period. And I'm thinking, all right, if I can get out of this period 2-1, to one, maybe we get a 3-2 final, 4-2, maybe a push. We're okay with the under six, right? Nope. The Kings score what might be one of the softest goals of the season where they dump the puck down the ice. The goaltender, Frederick Anderson, doesn't move. He just thinks like, oh, it's going to be icing. The puck bounces off the end boards right to a Kings player who shoots it past him. Then the Kings scored a minute later. It was 4-1 to one did he after ask, the did second he, period. Did the goalie ask for a do-over? That doesn't seem fair. Like well, he you could thought, challenge it. But yeah, no. he, didn't think it was, he, he didn't think that was happening. So it was uh, four unanswered goals by the Kings in the second period, and that's where the under was shot. So uh, the Kings do come back with three goals in the third, and they win in overtime 5-4. Capitals a 4-3 win over the Blue Jackets in overtime. Corpusala was in net, though, not Elvis, so it didn't trigger me to bet the over. When is the King and, coming back? And the Senators at, win at the uh, injury-riddled Canadiens 5-4. There is just two games on the schedule tonight, the final two games, Prior to the All-Star break. Some would call it the final two games of the first half of the season. The Hurricanes on the second of a back-to-back. They are in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Carolina minus 165. Total of six and a half. And then a great matchup. The Bruins at the Maple Leafs. Boston, who has lost three straight games. The Boston Bruins, who have the best record in the NHL. 38 wins. Seven regulation losses, five overtime losses, had not lost back-to-back games the entire season until they've lost the last three games. That team is a road favorite tonight in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. Wolf. Don't know if I'm comfortable betting on the Bruins as favorites right now against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll see what happens. We'll check the goaltending matchup. Samsonov has played pretty much every game for Toronto lately. This team is talented. They're going to be hungry. Going to try and make a statement. You look at the standings right now in that Atlantic division, the Bruins not necessarily running away with it, but running away with it. They have 81 points. The Leafs are second at 70 points. These are key points to get here heading into the All-Star break, and you have a banged-up, down Bruins team that has lost three straight games. This is probably the best time to play them on your home ice. Leafs, little plus money. I think that could be the play here for tonight's finale of the first half of the season.
You know, you said you had a, a tough day betting hockey. I had a tough day yesterday betting college hoops. I came crashing back down to earth. And you know what I think it was? I said, man, we're doing so great. It feels so good. That was dumb of me. Why didn't you guys stop me from saying but, that? But did you, did you follow the system? Because the system wins. No, the I system actually, wins. I actually, the system wins. The system wins, AJ. I, I actually bet against the system. What? Uh, yeah. What did we just say? <laughs> Don't you remember in, uh, in, in what is it, two for the money? The psych system, Jeremy. The system wins. The system. When you have an unranked opponent. <laughs> I know. That is favored, especially at home. It makes a lot of sense. The ranked opponent, you bet the unranked opponent. And why do we bet the unranked opponent? It makes a lot of sense. Because so the rankings mean nothing. I win. The number next to the team means nothing. The public thinks the exactly. number means something. Exactly. But the books don't care about the number next to the team. Maryland was favored, unranked Maryland, over number 21 Indiana, and unranked Maryland wins by 11. Unranked Nevada, uh, dogs at home to number 22 well, we, we, San Diego State. The dogs aren't in the system. Oh. Only the unranked favorites. Oh, well, I, I lost on both those games. I was on Indiana. I was on San Diego State. Both duds. Uh, TCU gets a win 76-72 over West Virginia. Remember yesterday when I said Alabama minus 14 and a half hosting Vanderbilt? What's his football season? <laughs> uh, well, Alabama football only won by 54 points against Vanderbilt. What do you mean only? <laughs> well, Alabama basketball won by 57 points yesterday over oh Vanderbilt. My, oh, my goodness. 101 <laughs> to 44. That's assault in some states. Did they have the backup quarterback? I don't. Uh, Bryce Young was out there balling on these kids, it <laughs> seems like. Uh, UConn, a 90-76 winner at DePaul. Kansas got some revenge. 90-78. to 78, They System win and play. cover. Lower-ranked team favored <laughs> over the higher-ranked team. Say it with your chest. 90-78 to 78 winners over Kansas State. The U, 92-83 winners over Virginia Tech. And remember I said, ooh. Thank God uh, Clemson's a I'm, – I'm really trying to avoid playing road favorites outside of possession. Mm -hmm. So if it's like more than two or three, I'm not looking at it at all. So Clemson laying three and a half. Well, they were laying four yesterday morning when we did the show, and I was like, oh, it, it feels so short because Boston College is terrible. They thump Clemson 62 to 54, and honestly the final score was closer than the game. Uh, so – Thank God that I at least followed one system, system and it saved me a little <laughs> bit of money. I'm hoping that Wednesday treats me better than Tuesday. Uh, here's some of the big games on docket for today. The aforementioned Purdue Boilermakers, 10-point favorites hosting Penn State. Purdue's ranked number one, so the system doesn't work here. No, they, no. They are work. favored. Doesn't work. Uh, Xavier, a, a home favorite, minus three and a half. Number 16 over number 17, Providence. Nope, doesn't work in the system there either. Uh, Tennessee, five-point favorites at Florida, which means I can't look at it, even though, again, ooh, that feels really, really, really short. Auburn, minus 12 at home against Georgia. And Marquette, minus seven, hosting Villanova. I do have some stats. Uh, unranked home teams, uh, excuse me, unranked home favorites. Against ranked opponents this year, give it to me. Twenty and ten ATS. Damn it, that's crazy. Because you know, before the year, we could say this is a system that works, and then it wins sixty-seven percent of the time. Sometimes it just, it just works. <sighs> the system works, boys. Yeah, you, know. you know what else works? You, the listener.
We love the feedback from you guys. We, when you tweet at us, it just it makes us feel good about just knowing that we're we're doing this. Obviously, we're doing this not for ourselves, but it, it's nice to hear who we're doing it for. So we love your feedback. Uh, shout out to Chris from New Jersey who tweeted at me. He was listening to my softball story, believe it or not, <laughs> and he actually knew about it. He knew about the tournament. Hey, he knew about what went on down in Florida, the Challenge Cup. So Chris, everybody knows Scott yeah. Seidenberg at yes. the Challenge Cup. So hey, I'm all tournament team, bro. That's right. You better better watch out. Yeah. So shout out uh, Chris Ramirez from Jersey. He tweeted me about that. And anybody, uh, you know, we mentioned Cowboy who tweeted out that play for the assists on uh, LeBron. Uh, on LeBron. A uh, bunch of tweets coming in. We love hearing from you guys. Anthony, uh, I guess Steve tweets in about the Pro Bowl. Keep them coming. You know, at AJ is the real. At Scott's on air. At Mac and Rivers. We love the feedback. We appreciate you guys. We are here each and every morning for you. And because we appreciate you so much, we're going to continue giving discounts for pregame.com. So if you go to pregame.com, first off, if you're not a member, sign up already. What are you waiting for? I say it every show. You got a free $25 just for signing up. So just do it and get your free $25. Then you can use that on a best bet. But if you've already signed up, sign a friend up. You've already used, yeah, keep using the email addresses. You've <laughs> already uh, used your free $25. Well, take 20% off. And, you know, we did a lot of making fun of the Pro Bowl. So how about we do a Pro Bowl type of uh, promo code? To make it up to them? Yeah. Okay. How about Skill 20 for the Skills Competition? I okay. Joke 20. No. Nah. Skill 20. Okay. Skill, skill 20. Skill 20 for the Skills Competition. Not just the Skills Competition in the Pro Bowl, but also this Friday night, NHL Skills Competition. Fastest skater, hardest shot. I'm actually going to have a bet on the fastest skater. So I did my handicapping already, but I have to see who's in the event. But I know just over the past couple of years, the times that we're looking to beat. Uh, so skill 20, take 20% off anything at pregame.com. It's good for you, the listeners of this podcast. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.